Look up there in the sky. It's a bird, a plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One artist. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Norman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. Woo! Woo, indeed. Yep. We're back. He's excited. I am excited. We're too dumb and ugly to quit. That's what they tell me. That's what my mother keeps telling me, and I ask her to stop. <laughs> That's a that's old Ben Grimm. Yep. It's a line from Ben old Ben Grimm. Ever love mm-hmm. blue, I think. Yep. So handsome, that's how you guys doing out there? Eric and I are back from our little sojourn, our, our little siesta. Mm-hmm. Two weeks off. Many things happened in those two weeks. Nah. No. Nothing. Nothing nah. happened. Nah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nothing. Happened. I did. I did many things. I was deactivated for two weeks. Oh, you just turned off. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in a closet. Until Robbie came and turned me on again. Uh, Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I am experienced at that. Yeah, don't you know? Don't I know. So, we got lots and lots and lots of stuff to talk about this week. So, you ready to talk about some comic books? I I would hope so. I'd I'd be foolish to be sitting in this chair if I was not. That's a good point. Without further ado, time for Weekly Floppies. Floppies is part of the show, and Eric and I will review the week's books, so you buy or do not buy them. Uh, but in this case, we have double the size, double the amount of books. We have ten, count them, ten comic books to re- that we're talking about. Five from this week, five from the past two weeks that I cherry-picked. Whew. So, we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot of comics. Starting off with the comic that I was very, very excited for. I read it, like, as soon as I got off work on Wednesday, I went straight to uh, Comixology and, and read it. It was. It, it, it's the same team that did the relaunched the Moon Knight book, which we were both big fans of. The written by this is Injection number one, written by Warren Ellis, Declan Chalvey on art, Jordi Belair doing colors, photographics, letters, and design. This comic book does not hold your hand, Mister Goodnight. No, nor nor your hand, nor anyone's. Nor mine. It doesn't hold anyone's hand. That's nope. what I meant. If you're looking for a comic book to cuddle you and explain everything, this is not one of them. No. If you're looking at, with a comic book with surly English people and crazy shit happening, this is it. This is it. Or excuse yeah. me, British British people. <laughs> yes, we're, surly we're, British. we're drawing that distinction. If you're from yep. if you're from South Wales, you English. <laughs> there's there's many surly British people. Yes, and lots of weird government things and weird supernatural things, weird science things. And people need uh, sandwiches. Yep, that too. Uh, but I'm still very intrigued. I don't think anything could have met my expectations, but I was not disappointed. I really enjoyed it. I'm ready for number two, and Declan Chalvey's art is still great. It's it's, it's pretty Chalvey-licious. Yeah, I think this is actually, a, it's, it's a little understated, this book, actually. Yeah, it definitely is. It's and, it's, but, it's got a light touch. But there are moments where... I'm like, I, I was very, there's a, a, like two or three panels in here where I'm like, hmm, that excites me. 
tell me more. Oh, I have to wait. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I'm, 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 I'm a buy. I don't think I, 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 this comic book would have to be miserably bad for me not to go after number two after, after how much I enjoy all of these people separately and together. So mm-hmm. I, I'm a buy. He's getting the gang back together. He's, <laughs> he's going to inject it into you. This is Are you book. huh? Okay. You was, have to was, you have to ask me because I forget uh, why I'm on this podcast. I just like to keep you focused. What? <laughs> Squirrel. I no, it's it's uh intriguing. It, it it yeah, it's worth it for the intrigue as well. I'm hoping it doesn't quite go the tree's route. <laughs> be so subtle that it's just like nine books of watching people sleep and then everyone dies. <laughs> I was going to talk about trees a little bit later. Trees number nine. So, have you? Did you read trees number nine? Harry? I did not. I uh, okay. I saw it. Okay. Chose to chose not read to it, ignore though. it. Yes, that's fine. I'll I'll mention it later. Uh, but so we were by as well. You've already mentioned it. Mentioned it now. I'll mention it again later. Oh dear. <laughs> that's right. That here that here injection book is good. And you yeah. should probably you should probably buy it if you haven't yet already. I think, I think, as, in terms of me, the jury's still out whether I'm going to be Mr. Trade Weight on, on, uh, injection, but you really can't get a better creative team than those three jokers. They're getting the band back together. Yeah. Double bye! Injection number one. Next up, Secret Wars. Number two. Come on, come on, baby, come on. There we go. Oh man, what did you just do? I slowly loaded Comixology. That's what I just did. Nicely done, man. Yes, writer and designer Jonathan Hickman, art Isad Ribic, colors I've so seen at letters, Chris the Greek, Alopolis, production Idet Weingore, and covered by Alex Ross. Um, this is this is what I wanted out of Secret Wars. I'll just say that, yeah. Crazy God Doom and mm-hmm. naked Thors and superheroes being kings and. Crazy monster zombies and Esad Ribic drawing O face. Mm-hmm. That especially. Yeah. It it's it if Zero Wars number one was more like Avengers number forty five, this is truly I, I I would have started here, honestly. But it's this is a I it's crazy. You have God King Doom mm-hmm. and Sinister Mr. Sinister like in gladiatorial combat and Fire, on fire Galactus and just ludicrous nonsense, but it's beautiful. You said Ribic is doing amazing work and it, it's a lot of, it's what a, I, I think what a crossover event should be. Just big, crazy adventure action. Mm-hmm. As, as big and overblown as it is, it's not losing sight that comic books are supposed to be fun because this is fun. Mm-hmm. This is this is wacky and interesting. I had even forgotten what happened at the end already because I read it so long ago. Oh man, I'm just I'm just seeing it. Jesus Christ, this is it, it is it's just pure insanity and awesomeness. And yeah. I'm I'm very glad that I'm still not completely on board with this whole destruction of the Marvel Universe event. And I I, I kind of was okay with where things were. And I, I, I'm not crazy that they're doing this, but this is still, it's, it's good enough that I'm having a good time. I'm enjoying the ride. So I'm not going to complain. This is, uh, this almost makes up for Sixus. <laughs> to be fair, Hickman had little to do with Sixus. Yeah. Well, this I mean, is, 
We liked Infinity, and that was Hickman. We we did. There you go. This is Hickman, and he's doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my understanding is, is all of that crap is was sort of part of his master plan, even though he didn't write it. Maybe. I don't know. Like, it, it all sort of points to this direction, even the bad parts. That was my understanding, but I don't know. I don't. I know that he had direct control over everything that happened in Avengers. I don't know about the extent of everything else. Um, buy Secret Wars. I'm sure you're, if you're not one of the 500 million people that have been buying Secret Wars, buy it. If you're if two is the one to read, I would just start with two. Honestly, you don't need to read one. It's a fine. One's fine. Two's better. It's a fine. It's a fine. That's that's how good a talking I am. I'm a how good, good talking. How how good a talking you? How good I am talking about things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on. Don't die on me now. I won't. No, you neither. Okay. See, this is more tablet talk. Tablet talk with Robbie. <laughs> I have to cajole it. I have to... I really have to get this thing going. So... Uh-oh. Is that the... Hmm? Is that your brain winding down? Probably. <laughs> I, I can never tell. <laughs> Next up, we're doing Thor, number eight. Written by Jason Aaron, Art Russell Donman, colors by Matthew Wilson, Joe Sabino, letters and production. Um, this is ending this run of this volume of Thor. Mm-hmm. Next, the next issue of this is going to be in Secret Wars about the Thor Corps. The, it's called Thor's. Yes. <laughs> so you dumb. Seem to have some trouble saying that. <laughs> it's just, just the dumbest. But uh, this issue is finally uh, it. It was revealed even before the issue came out a couple days ahead. It leaked, but uh, we have not discussed it. I certainly wanted to because we have been reading this all along. Finally reveals who the Thor is, who the Lady Thor is, mm-hmm. the goddess of thunder. What do you think about that, Eric? What are your thoughts? It, it It's a pretty natural fit, honestly. I had to go back and I read 6 and 7 because I think I missed 6 and 7 at somehow um, before I read this one. And I'm really glad I did. Um, because the, the misdirection, it, it just, it, it felt really natural. It felt like a good fit to me. And I like that she is who she is, uh, in it. I don't know. It feels pretty good to me. You have, you have second, you have, you have doubts. No, I have no doubts. Okay. I'm, I thought this was actually, it's a really clever, mm-hmm. clever misdirection. It didn't feel cheap. No, it did not. It works felt- really well for me. I, I'm, I'm totally on board. Yeah. So. Uh, if you guys have not read Thor 8, it's been two weeks, so, uh, spoiler, I'm Spoiler alert, you all, even though you already almost said it. Yeah, Jane Foster is Thor, Thor, the new Thor. Um, it's really interesting how they tie her, her cancer, her illness into the powers, her relationship, prior relationship with Thor is, it's very, it's really well done. It, Jason Aaron, he's a good comic book writer. Yeah, he's, he's... <laughs> He's proven that, <laughs> yeah, he's, over and he's, over again. That's a pretty good job. Uh, yeah, maybe, I, maybe. Uh, this issue itself, aside from the reveal, is actually really good. Like, really interesting. You got a big battle with the Destroyer, and the power dynamics between Freya and Odin are really interesting. It just it ties everything together so well. And Russell Donnerman, like. Him coming out of this book after Eastside Ribic did most of God of Thunder, he's done very well. He, his art is is really spectacular. I really hope he. I'm sure we'll see him somewhere, but wherever he ends up, I'm I'm he's another artist that I'm going to be 
keeping my eye on because I his work on this has been spectacular. That's it. It it it's like it it just keeps getting better, and it was pretty damned good from you know straight out the gate. Yeah, this is this is all kinds of great looking. It's uh, yeah. it's it's the new hotness. Yeah, that's what it's, it is. It, it's very good. I'm Thor eight. Buy buy this. You should buy this book. It's it was good. I I liked uh, the conversation between uh, Spider Woman and uh, Captain Marvel <laughs> about about the yeah. about the new Thor of her yeah. the chick with the hammer. One word, Carol. Hout. So you're an <laughs> idiot, Jess. That's that's so good. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I like that she's just. I don't know. I don't even know Spider Woman. She's really endearing myself or endearing herself to me as well. <laughs> she's really endearing myself to you. I, th- that's the way it works. <laughs> yeah. It's. I, I, I. We should never get a radio show together. <laughs> that's. Yeah. We should neither, never. Neither one of us can use language. Never. Language. We should never do years <laughs> of of literally years. <laughs> Of us recording, talking to each other. I know that would be a huge mistake. <laughs> such a such a big waste of time and money. But I'm a yeah, buy double buy. So number eight, if you guys didn't realize, we both like Thor and Jason Aaron and uh, Russell Dowderman. He's he's he did a pretty good job himself there, and he did every book. He did every all eight issues. Mm-hmm. It's a workhorse. Uh, next up. Secret Wars, Planet Hulk, number one. Here we go. No, I'm I'm good starting the beginning. Thank you, Comixology, though. You can turn that off. I'm going to look into that. Hulk. So many goddamn books. <laughs> there's there's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Written by Sam Humphreys, art by Mark Laming, Jordan Boyd colors, Travis, Travis Lanham on letters. That's right. Kim's leaving us. Okay. I'll miss you, Kim. <laughs> Uh, calling this Planet Hulk is a little bit of a misnomer, but I mean, that's mm-hmm. all the titles. They're all just like, hey, we call it what we want. It doesn't matter. It's all ridiculous. This is, un- this is basically involving everything that happens in the, in the landmass called Greenland in Battleworld because the Hulks live there. You get it? Green? Mm-hmm. They're, gr- they're, the Hulk is green? Oh. Greenland? I just now figured that out. Oh, okay. I just well, I wanted to make clear to you and to our listeners, all the other stupid people. Um, but Hulk is being infiltrated by Captain Gladiator, Captain America, and Devil Dinosaur. Mm-hmm. I want my I want my dinosaur. Yeah, or does he want his T Rex? Which one was he, it? I, I forget which one it is. Cannot you? You can't be inaccurate on this stuff. I want my T Rex back. That's he wants his T Rex back. He does want his T Rex back, but uh. This book is uh, very crazy mm-hmm. and ridiculous. Well, it's it's got well, Captain America turns into He Man. He does and rides a dinosaur. It chops a bug in half. A couple yeah. of them. Yeah. Then we got Jack, like Hulk with a Jack Kirby cannon. Yes. So things need to more things need to shoot Kirby crackles. <laughs> Fucking Christ! <laughs> this book is ridiculous. Oh my god. Doc, I Doc, it. Doc, motherfucking Green. Yeah, I am. I am so warming up to Doc Green. I absolutely am. I was, I was so unhappy when he was first introduced. Those first books were so bad. But I don't know. I like, I like the idea of, I don't know, the pulp hero. You know, Doc. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, like how? Why can I never remember his stupid name? Doctor Savage. Doc Savage. Doc Savage. It's just, it should be right there at the forefront. It's beautiful. 
Yeah, Kirby Crackle Gun. I'm all for canon. I'm all for that. I'm for T-Rexes. I'm for Cats in America dressed like a gladiator. Mm. I'm, I'm, I, this is a ridiculous comic book. I thoroughly enjoyed it though. So bye. I'm a bye. Yeah, goodbye to this. Why is there an Amadeus Chow book back of it? Well, it's the origin of Greenland, of that part of, uh, it is written by Greg Pak, who created Amadeus Chow. Yes, and it's, it's got Greg Pak's buddy, looks like, doing the artwork. Oh, yes, it on does. On the yeah. interior, the one that, um, he's got that Japanese name, which I'm usually very good at remembering. But he's, uh, he's a hell of a, he's a hell of an artist. It's a really good looking book. Yeah. Yep, Takashi Miyazawa. That's his name. This, it, it explains how, how Hulk World came about, at least, which I wonder, I'm curious if not all these explain. I guess the ones that are need explanation maybe will have the origins. Who knows? Mm. But, that's Secret Wars, Planet Hulk, number one, double buy. <laughs> oh, okay. The last, our last book from the past couple weeks, non-current books. Let me, where the hell is this book stored? <laughs> I don't know where it is. It's deleted. There it is, found it. Uh, Secret Worlds, Battle World, number one. And uh, this is kind of the Tales from Battle World kind of book that's going to be running, I suppose. So it was we under had, uh, S and none of the other ones were under S? Is what you're yeah. saying? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't necessarily there, but uh, there's two stories in this one. I imagine that's the that's going to be like the two in one book throughout this whole Secret Wars run. Uh, first one is Soldier Supreme, written by Josh Williamson, art Mike Henderson, colors Jordan Boyd. A second is Modoc Madness, editor right editor writer Ed Brisson, art Scott Hepburn, colors Matt Milo, letters Joe Carragna. So we have a uh, Punisher, Doc Strange. It, it literally D- Punisher inhabited by the spirit of Doctor Strange, and then we got a bunch of Modocs. Mm-hmm. I I I'm a sucker for. I th- think when the only thing I liked out of Original Sin was the fact that Punisher and Doctor Strange had a team up, mm-hmm. and this is the only way you could have more of a team up is if literally they are in the same body. So I I'm I in. I'm, I believe I am, I, I don't know if I'm on record, but I'm gonna make, put myself on record. I like when there's as many Modocs as possible. This whole Modoc story. Really? You didn't like it? It's fine. It's dumb as shit. I don't it's know. It's really this, dumb. No, it's this, dumb. They're this both, in the, they're this both in the dumb, other but... Modoc book, they made me laugh. They're really stupid. They're really, really stupid. Yeah, th- both these stories aren't incredibly intelligent. They're both pretty, pretty, just overblown craziness, but I, that's I, I think. Give, give me your official opinion on this, Eric. With these crossover events, would you rather the tie-ins have meaning and you have to buy them to understand what's happening in the main story? Or would you just rather them have be set in this setting and be crazy and fun? Honestly, I'm fine with either one. Okay, I, I think there's room for both things, but I mean, I've already said it about Secret Wars number two that we're not reading these things because we like to be trolled by Marvel. We're reading these things because we enjoy them. They should be fun. Mm-hmm. We should have fun with it. And this Modoc story makes me roll my eyes until my head hurts. But <laughs> I I am pleased that there are people making comic books like this because it's it's dumb as shit, but it's fun. So yeah, why not why the hell not? I'm I'm a I'm a if your Secret Wars budget allows I would include Battle World. There's a lot of books. There's a lot of Secret Wars books. Uh, I've just been kind of picking the ones that look fun. And this one is delivered. I'm a buy. Yeah, I've got some mush in there, but what the hell. What's your mush? 
Ah, low. One. Oh, okay. So we got half, point, point, point 0.5 mush meter, mm-hmm. double buy. Battle World, number one. And who knows what will be in Battle World number two. It'll be an adventure. It's always an adventure. Always. So, uh, there. that's all, all the past couple weeks' books. Now on this week's books, uh, Secret Wars. <laughs> you notice the trend here. Old Man Logan, number one. It's under Old Man Logan. <laughs> of course. That's so stupid. <laughs> it's not Secret War, Old Man Logan, or... Mm-hmm. Um, this is, it was written by Brian Michael Bendis, Andrea Sorrentino on art, Marcelo Maiolo on colors, Corey Pettit on letters. Uh, this is, I, following Old Man Logan from Old Man Logan, but now he's in Battleworld. Um, what do you think, Eric? I, I could have lived just fine without having read this, okay. honestly. I mean, it's not terrible. I liked old man logan for the statement that it made i thought from beginning to end it was fine i didn't particularly need to check back in this is not a bad story but i'm i'm not i'm I'm not all that impressed it's it just sort of says a lot of things that you've seen in other comics they've done it better or just as well i'm not really dying for another old man logan story i mean we've been We've been without Wolverine stories for a while, you know, with the exception of when he appears in, like, the last book that we discussed. <laughs> so I don't know. It's like all bets are off on that, but I don't know that I was exactly hurting to see to see uh, Clint Eastwood uh, Logan again. What do you think about the art? I, I really did enjoy the art a lot, even though the story was kind of very much like, hey, it's that thing again. It's got, like, a, a Tim Bradstreet feel to it, except doesn't feel as well drawn to me it's it's fine even i'm not trying to accuse this artist of tracing photographs but it looks like traced photographs that's the look i've 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 known i've known like i've gone to school with artists that their drawings just look like trace photographs and i don't really like that it 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 lacks some sort of style the color works really well for it but it 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 just feels a little a little plain in some places, but it's fine. You know, it, it, it's a perfectly serviceable comic, but there's other things to read. Like, I, I, I'm not going to go out of my way to recommend this one. I'm going to say that it is, I'm going to put it a buy a solid three in the mush. Yeah. Right in the middle. I, uh, I think it's, if it, I would not put it on a priority, mm-hmm. you do not need to read this book, but if you like, if you're aching for some more old man, Logan, and I'm sure there are there are many people who are quite there happy. Many people, cat. Pe- many people that are cats. There's many people that are cats. Many people who are, I'm sure, were are aching for old man Logan. Uh, I think this is, you know, that that's who this is for. I enjoyed it for what it was. Mm-hmm. I would not. Uh, there's other books I would buy first, but uh, that's why I'm, I'm the mush meter rep three represents that. I would say. I uh, I'm honestly a do not buy. Just, I think there's, I think there's better stuff out there. Uh, it's not terrible though. I mean, I could easily go by with a mush meter of five because mm. I'm, I'm right there on the edge. But I'm, Uh-oh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be committal and say, eh, don't go for it. You know, if you want this already, but if you're on the fence, just leave it. So split decision on Old Man Logan number one. Thank you, Comicsology. That it's trolling you pretty good today. It's doing a good job, yeah. yeah. Just crashes right when I'm trying to read something. Next up, Secret Wars, Modoc Assassin, number one. Written by Christopher Yost. Pencils, Amilcar Pina? Pina? 
There's no accent, so pinna, pinna, pinata. I, I, however, it's said. I apologize. Inks also, also Car, Pinya, and Terry Palette colors. Rachel Rosenberg or Rochelle Rosenberg letters. Travis Lanham. So we were talking about Modok earlier. This book is all about Modok, who is now an assassin in uh, like Villain Town. Is that like apparently that's what we've? And he fights Bullseye. I, I, I have a question for you, Eric. Mm-hmm. When you hear Modok in your head, what does he sound like? Uh, I can, uh, let me think about that for a minute. It's a little bit like, a little bit like, uh, a little bit like Skeletor and a little bit like the, the robot elders in Futurama. The ones okay. that are, silence! Yeah, that's he's, where I was going to. Yeah, he's, he's kind of ah! like an amalgam of those. I, here, I'll do, I'll give you mine. I'll, I'll, uh, this is what I hear. I, uh, let me hear it. I am the mental organism designed only for killing. I am Modok. <laughs> it's got to be, it's got to be a little whiny. Mm, yeah, uh, he's, but I mean, he, he literally, there's a cobra coming out of his, like he shoots a cobra at Bullseye. Mm. Uh, this is right in line in, in long, right along in line with Planet Hulk and Battle World. It's just, bananas. Mm-hmm. It's just Modok fighting Baron Mordo and Bullseye and suddenly Angela just crashes down for no reason and there's Sentinels and it's pink. There's lots of pink. And he's driving uh, around in a uh, a Mario Kart car. He is. Modok. It's Modok Kart. Yeah, he's clearly driving around in a Mario Kart car. No two Not- ways about that. That is a Mario that's lifted <laughs> directly from the Wii U Mario Kart. He, yeah, well, Modok is a big gamer. I guess so. He's a gamer gator, probably. He probably is, <laughs> knowing Modok. <laughs> oh, poor Modok. But I really enjoyed this. Uh, it's insane, but I liked it a lot, still. It's, it's pretty good. It's stupid as shit. <laughs> it's really dumb. It's really dumb. But I, I like the art a lot. I think it really services the book, serves the book really well. It's, and the colors are great. I love, like I said, I love the, the, the bright neon. Mm-hmm. It, 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 just the pink and the Modoc's purple and yellow. And I buy it. I like it. It's good. It's insane. I think I'll give it, I'll give it a, a light mush on that as well. But it's, 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 uh, it's a lot of fun. Modok explodes Otto Octavius's head. Yeah, he really does. A lot of it's imper- really strange pur- purple explosions. That apparently is what your brain looks like when it explodes, just purple and pink. And it, the sound, if you guys needed a sound, it's spaff. Spaff. That's what happens when your head explodes, spaff. I don't need to know that. Which, how much, how much mush are you giving this? Oh, very, very light. So, so it, it's, it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, don't go into it. I don't know. It's as silly as Squirrel Girl, but it's not Squirrel Girl, so I don't yeah. just love it. Yeah, I, I I can agree with that. I think I, I Squirrel Girl I think is a little bit funnier, a little mm-hmm. bit a little bit better. But I think I'm just mad that he killed Bullseye. Mm, there'll be not there. Don't worry. There's like there, this is Battle World. There's probably thirty other versions of Bullseye running I'm around. I'm sure. Yeah. So buy with a mush meter of C half point five again on Modok Assassin number one Secret Wars. Words? More words on top? Mm-hmm. Words. Uh, next up is Where Mod Secret... Well, see, this is sort of a Secret Worlds book, but I don't see... It doesn't seem to be connected to any Marvel continuity that I'm aware of, other than I think they they get into Savage Land at the end. But uh, mm-hmm. this is Where Monsters Dwell, 
Written by Garth Ennis, Art Russ Braun, Colors Dono Sanchez, Almara, Letters Rob Steen. I bought this, I chose the first three only because Garth Ennis is writing it. And I thought, I, he has not written a Marvel book in quite a while, and him writing some pulp adventure story in the Marvel continuity seemed interesting. Um, what'd you think? Did you like it? It's fine. Okay. I, I, I don't know. I didn't hate it. It was really, um, it was actually fairly nice to see Ennis write a story that just wasn't about people, like, shitting in someone's brain or whatever <laughs> the shit he writes about. Um, it, he can, he can write, you know, when he's not just writing about gross out crazy shit. So I don't know. It would be nice to see if this goes anywhere at the same time, given all the other bananas shit that's going on. It's weird that this is is stuck in there. Mm-hmm. It it does. It just feels like such a weird anomaly. And I, my guess, my guess is that they said, "Hey, Garth Ennis, what do you want to write? Would you want to write something mm-hmm. in our Secret Wars tie-in?" And and I'm guessing because it's Secret Wars, you could get away with a lot more than normally could. There's no continuity to tie you to anything for the most part. Yep. You can just do whatever you want. And they're like, okay, well, he's like, I want to write a story, a pulp story about, like, a fighter pilot and dinosaurs. And they're like, eh, okay, you're Garth Ennis. Sure. You wrote Preacher. We'll let you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I really, I, I, uh, I enjoyed it. I felt, I liked the turn on the female character. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Like I, that generally went like, oh, good. You know, it's that's nice. I enjoyed that. Uh, I, he's, you know, I, it's Garth Ennis writing people adventures with dinosaurs. Um, this issue is like you said, fine. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm gonna take it on good faith. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna probably read all of this because I'm, I'm interested to see what happens and how it ties into Marvel, if at all. If at all. Yeah, it may not. But you know, that is that's an also a, a, like a question. Of you know, and I I kind of like the I like that there's like a pulp fun a pulp story in the Marvel universe, even if it is just in this weird tie-in. Yeah. So I'm a buy. I'll push a, a mush meter three. Uh, I'll do the three again. Where you know a lot of this tie-ins, you know, if I I'm I'm half of it is even just showing Marvel that I'm for things like this, and maybe they should do more. And I I that's a I don't know if that's a good reason to buy a comic. I think sometimes it is. You know, vote with your dollars. Mm-hmm. So I'm for Marvel doing pulp stories. I'm for Marvel, you know, having stories that not necessarily have superheroes in them. That says no superheroes, only dinosaurs. It's a, I so, think it's a good comic you can recommend to. I don't know. You even to show people that even Marvel's not all superheroes. So right. on that level, I yeah. think I'll second you on that on that three out of five. Okay. So I I, 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 I li- feel I, I feel pretty good about that. I I like I like that we're simpatico on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Uh, Secret Wars Where Monsters Dwell, number one, by, double by, Mushmeter 3. You can parse what we said however you want. That's true. Uh, the la- the, the our, power is yours. The power is yours. Um, next up, our only DC book. We've had ten issues, ten, if DC, if you just did not have Convergence going on right now, I probably would have picked more, but I'm just not enjoying much of the Convergence stuff. Uh, but this one, this one's pretty this is, damned enjoyable. Yeah, this one, this is why I included this one in particular. Convergence Shazam number two, written by Jeff Parker, art by Doc Shaner, colors by Jordi Belair, letters by Saeda Temofonte. It's my best guess. Um, I had seen the previews for the first one, and Doc Shaner's art looked unbelievable, so I picked it up, and now I'm buying the second one, and it is also 
gorgeous and a lot of fun. You and Shazam and and uh, old uh, Victorian Batman, you know, having mm-hmm. having a little one issue adventure. Really great. This is a very a very good, this is the one convergence tie in I will wholeheartedly recommend to pick up both these issues. Eric, hi. What do you think about this book? I'm just I'm just enjoying it. I'm back. What do you think about the, what do you think about Doc Shaner's art? Uh, it's really nice. You know, it's um, you know, it reminds me of Chris Sprouse an awful yeah, lot. There's there's certainly that that there. Oh yeah. It, it I mean it even feels like that kind of story which I think is very apropos for the source material. You mm-hmm. know, it 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 feels like a Tom Strong story or something you know, of that era, something that's reverent to the era of nice superheroes. You know, it, 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 it this is a hell of a book. It, yeah. it pretty much everything works. You know, it, it's, it's nice and clean looking and just very well drawn and fun. Yeah. I, there's, hey, there's, it's great. Hey, DC, do an ongoing Shazam book with this team. It keeps, they, they keep saying Captain Marvel too. Which is just well, freaking me out. Either one. I mean, he was Captain Marvel. He still I know. Was, sort of. Sort of. They just can't. They have to use Shazam instead. DC was in the seventies. We're dumb. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, we have a comic book character that is as old as Superman. Let's just let the copyright lease, you know, go on his name. Mm-hmm. But this is a great comic book. Uh, and what you said about uh, Doc Shanner does a lot of. He he's been doing the Flash Gordon. Mm. One of the Flash Gordon license books, which is very much pulpy. Oh yeah, thing. So uh, like that's yeah, he does does a lot of that. But this is I I mean we've I think we read it one of those Flash Gordon books. We read and one I, or two, yes. Yeah, and I think this is this takes it to another level. I don't know. It's 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 beautiful and it really looks great. it looks it looks like those except mm-hmm. it's got it's it's a Shazam it does and it's Something got about the, that it's got giant thing. robots in it because of course and and it has uh. Uh, Killer Croc in uh, a newsboy hat. Killer Croc in a newsboy hat. That's right. But buy, buy this. You backing me up, Eric? Nah. <laughs> I'm just gonna pull a 180. This book is stupid. Don't buy it. No. <laughs> buy Convergence yeah. Shazam. You bums. Use bums. Use bums. You have to talk like Killer Croc now. Use bums. <laughs> He's probably a little d- deeper, a little darker. Yes, bums. <laughs> Use bombs. So double buy. Convergence Shazam. Number one and two. Buy both. Go get them. They're great. And lastly, the last book. Finally. I know you guys are like, finally. Yeah, finally. I'm exhausted. And I need a nap a after this. We need a nap. We'll take a mid-podcast nap. Mm-hmm. We are uh, doing one indie book. The Infinite Loop, number two. Uh, written and lettered by Pierrick Cullinet. Cullinet. Illustrated and colored by Elsa Char- Charretier. Or, yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say them the fancy way. I don't know if those people are French or if they just have French names, but uh, we read this first one, and I think we kind of went and like, eh, it's okay, and I there's promise. Mm-hmm. Let's check out number two. This one lost me. Yeah, a little bit. I, 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 it's it's not bad necessarily, but it doesn't. De- it, it's not delivering on what one was to me. Like there's, it's clever, and, and it's not. I, I get. I feel. Bad calling it, like, saying, don't get this, but it's not what I wanted out of this, I guess. It just seems a little bit too on the nose. Like, it has lost, like, any subtlety it had. Mm-hmm. I don't think it and ever that... really, it, it never really have subtlety. It had people running between T-Rex's legs. Well, 
I I give the action stuff a sl- a pass on that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I understand the the action is not slow at all, and that's fine with me. But the like interpersonal stuff, it just lost. Like a guy, there the janitor literally. There's a speech bubble with him having that the meme troll face, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, why 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 are we doing that in a comic book? In this comic book, especially, I I don't. What do you think, Eric? What are, give me overall? Give me. It's tough to articulate this book, yeah, because I want to root for it. Um, because it is, it's it's cute and it's sexy and it has the potential to be fun, but it just, it just kind of doesn't work. Um, it's not awful, but something is clunky in it, and it's hard for me to explain why and how it should be better. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard. It... I I think the lack of subtlety is the thing that is bothering me. Like it's in this and the, the interpersonal things. That's especially like, and the fact that the two villains mm-hmm. are they're 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 Mister Trope. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I don't know that that is as much a problem as anything. Like I, I that there's no subtlety there, and I don't. Do you think it, I don't, I don't know how to judge this book. Like, I don't know what it's trying to do necessarily. Like, I think that's like thematically, like it, it's not necessarily full on just uh metaphor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that's what it's trying to, obviously trying to deliver, you know, the message, but also it's like getting mixed up between that and its own story. Like, and it, and there's almost nothing in it about, I don't. I'm going to go... To, to me, this is, if I can just jump in... Sure, go ahead. This is this is like the seeds of good ideas. that It's not quite fully formed enough. Case in point, uh, the, 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 the Asian lady with purple hair that walks around naked in this book, mm-hmm. they have decided to call her Anno, mm-hmm. which is Spanish for anus. This book is not thought out enough. Uh, I think that kind of explains it it's it's not bad but it it kind of feels like it could have used a little bit more time in the hopper there but you know whatever it it exists and it's not terrible and i'm relatively all right with it are you are you a buy i think this is something that i would feel reasonably okay maybe later on picking up like a number one trade and then just letting it go i'm i i, I could let this just forget about it forever you know, it, it could be forgettable. So I'm I'm gonna say no. Don't don't you don't necessarily need to buy this. It's not it's not terrible enough. Um it's where I can say that I hate it, so pick it up if it interests you, but it's not high on my my mind to recommend. When people ask no. me when people ask me what's good in comics, I'm not gonna say this. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh yeah, I'm gonna do not buy as well. I, I may come back to it later and see yeah. where it goes, but First, first trade might be might redeem itself, and it is yeah. uh, it is it is full of uh, it is full of boobies. If that's your thing, <laughs> uh, I don't. I I definitely don't. Uh, I I don't hate it for that. So double do not buy infinite loop number two. Uh, okay, so the, what else? Did you read anything else? Uh, last I, this I, you want to mention? Not really. I read some Thor's leading up to Thor. Okay. Uh, uh, trying to see what else I read. I don't think so. I wanted to. I wanted to read Silk. Did not do it. Well, it'll be there. It will. Um, I read. Let's see. I read the newest Copperhead. Still very, very good. Still wholeheartedly recommend that book. Uh, I read New Trees. 
it's much like the old trees. So that's there you go. I mentioned trees again. Mm-hmm. Trees it's, just keep just keep popping up. It's the same trees. It's exactly the same. It's gonna if you don't like it, there you go. Um, never got around to reading uh, Miss Marvel. I saw it in there and thought it was the last issue. No, I have not read. I need to catch up on Miss Marvel. I'm a little bit behind. Yeah, um, such a cool book. Yeah, uh, I read the New Moon Knight. Of course, you did. Colin Bunn. I bet it's good. Uh, it is good. It's very good. It's a lot of fun. I, it's, I like. It, I it, like. I like me, Mister Bun. He's he's doing a, this Moon Knight is turning very interesting. I, I'm really liking his arc on it. Colin knows what he's doing. I'm uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna curl up in his lap. Uh, what else? I read a couple tr- uh, a couple other. I read uh, I read him. I read I read the first trade of Scout and I had to call Eric about it. You did. You're so while on, excited. While, while on my honeymoon. <laughs> That's a good book, guys. It's, out, I, and it's, it's an old book now. It's been out for a long time, but uh, I'm I went and bought two and three in Portland, so I'm I'm on board for that book. I need to get. I'm gonna get all those trades eventually. Buying comics on your honeymoon, you sir, you're my hero. But I think uh, let's see, we're at 53 minutes and we finished weekly floppy, so that's good. Jesus Christ! It is now. It is now time. It is now time for checking in. Checking in as part show, Eric and I will talk about what I've been up to, uh, recommend things, etc., etc. I have a lot to talk about, Eric. What uh, do you want? You want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I really don't have much that I'm going to throw in there because I I can't do things anymore. Why not? All I do is work and not go to the movies. <laughs> Those are the only two things. Yeah. Okay. Because I I really wanted to be able to talk about Mad Max and. As soon as, pretty much as, I, I just have no time. As soon as we finish this podcast, I'm going to get something to eat and then spend the whole rest of my day uh, drawing a new poster for Drink and Draw so I can go on vacation and not have Drink and Draw while I'm on vacation. You're I can't, I, 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 I guess ahead. I can talk about Drink and Draw, which was standard, standard issue Drink and Draw. Well, not a, not a whole lot to report back on that one. We're, we're going to, we're gonna make it to one eventually. You you damned well better. Whenever we're not in the middle of something crazy, it seems like every time every Saturday we already have something we're doing, or mm-hmm. we have to go see our families, or, mm-hmm. or I, Godzilla attacks, or, or Godzilla attacks. I hate it when Godzilla attacks. Orlando he's such especially. A dick. I mean, he's done with downtown in like six seconds, and then mm-hmm. you know he's got to eat the little ho- like he's you know had to go through little Vietnam and. Mm-hmm. I have seen you playing Heroes of the Storm from time to time. I th- I've already checked in with that, though, haven't I? Know, I? But, uh, yeah, I but cannot stop playing it. Um, I play it with my brother all the time. He is. I, 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 I warned him about how Blizzard is basically a, a complete genius at not... I mean, they're certainly very good at making excellent games, but beyond that, they, like, completely hijack, like, your 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 brain's, like, reward system. And they use this thing called the sunk cost fallacy to get mm-hmm. you coming back. I mean, Candy Crush and these little games do the same thing. And it's all about giving you like a specific period of time where you have to log in every day and play and use that up. And then you come back the next day and do the same thing. And it, it sort of builds up this thing in your mind where, well, I have I can't just walk away from this thing. But I told my brother about that and I've not seen him play it since because <laughs> he was really he was playing it. All day, every day, just constantly. But it is tremendously fun. It's really, really great. 
I want to. I want to check it out, but it's uh, the the real launch is coming in like two days. Two days as yeah. it's recording. Probably by the time it should probably be launched by the time this episode goes out, mm-hmm. so you'll be able to you'll be able to get in on some some Heroes of the Storm. It's really cool, you know. Yeah, it's your your standard. Uh, it's, it's got some... that that RTS element, and it's got sort of the Smash Brothers feel of all of the the greatest hits characters of Blizzard franchises, and it's just fun. It's fun to play with people. Do not do not play with AI teammates because they're incredibly stupid. Yeah, that's generally how it, work, how it works. They're really good at kicking the shit out of you, but they're not so good at, at... They're so bad. They're so stupid. They're so, so stupid. It's so bad. Anyway, anyway. You, you had to get me talking about Heroes of the Storm. I did. I want you to talk about it a little bit. Oh, God. Nova. I like Nova. Okay. I like playing as Nova. Good. She turns invisible, and then you shoot people. It's really fun. That is. That sounds fun. Yeah, it's it's good. And you can, you can call down... Laser beam strikes from outer space. It's 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 delightful. So yeah, so my brother plays is uh oh hell what's that that guy's name? It's got like the Egyptian sounding name. No idea. I can't. Of course you don't. Anubarak. There we go. Anubarak. Anubarak. We got it. I'm I'm more of a fan of the old Barak. I don't see why we need a new Barak. Whatever you're saying. So do you think he's the he's the president? Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. He's president of uh. Of here of Hots, president of Hots. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's good. Okay. You got it. Well, that's good. You can turn him into a ladybug. Good. That's good. Yeah. It'll cost you ten dollars probably. Probably. Because that's what you do. So you get to play as a couple of free people, and then you pay twenty dollars to put a funny hat on them, and somehow that works. Anyway, here's the storm is fun. Good. Good. I don't. I'm I don't have like a whole it. lot else I can talk about. You know, I bought. Journey into Mystery by Kieran Gillen the other day, and have not read it mm, because okay. who has who has time to do things? No, exactly. I'm very excited about reading it, though. I might not be after I read it, but I'm, I'm looking. I am certainly looking forward to it. So I want. I want to. I'm trying very hard, Mr. Gillen. To if, he's, to, if to you're like listening you. out there, if you're listening out there. I I know you are. I watch you sleep. I know. I know you listen to this. Anyway, yes. Uh, I'm trying very hard. To like Mr. Gillen's work, I'm, I think I'm giving him more of a shot than I would give a lot of people. But people keep talking about him. Angela was just kind of meh. Anyway, you want to listen to me complain some more, or do you want to tell me ev- about everything? I'll tell you about everything. Mm, please do. Okay, so I'll start. We went to Portland for honeymoon. It was uh, a good time. I would uh, definitely suggest you guys, if anyone out there has the opportunity to visit Portland in the Great Portland area, sunny take- Portland. It was actually only rainy for a couple of days of the week, for eight, eight days we were there. So it was actually pretty good weather for most of the time. And the days it was rainy, it wasn't, it was kind of actually enhanced. It made you feel like you were in Portland. You're like, it reminded you, like, oh yeah. So that, it didn't bother me. It bothered Kim a lot, but <laughs> she's not, she's not made for inclement weather. But, uh, I really, I actually, the rain kind of enhanced. Uh, we went to the Rose Garden and that day was, it was rainy, but the, Rose Garden in Portland is a must-see if you're over there. It's beautiful. But I we went to Powell's, which is an amazing bookstore. I bought, spent way too much money there, and I didn't even buy that much. Um, let's see. I went to Ground Control, the big arcade in, in Portland. Had a lot, tons of pinball machines. I uh, made Mr. Yusef Danik very jealous. That is what happens. 
I was talking about playing the Simpsons pinball machine and he's like, this, here are five tips to get your most out of that machine. I'm like, you are next level on this. I'm, that's, that's, that is, that is a good way to describe it. I think. Yeah. Uh, we ate lots of food. We walked a lot. I checked out a couple comic shops. Uh, call any of them out. Um, Excalibur. Went to Excalibur. Mm -hmm. It's a nice store. Nice people. Um, don't remember. I don't know if I ever actually got around to going to the other one. I wanted to stop by Think from Another World, but I don't think we ever got the chance. Just never happened to get past it. Um, trying to think other. I mean, we went and saw nature a lot. It's very pretty. It's a very pretty. It, by, when you live by, in Florida, by, by nature you mean donuts? Uh, we I, I ate donuts. I ate a lot of donuts. They're very good. Blue Star Donuts is the place. Voodoo gets all the, the all the hype, but Blue Star. You don't have to wait in line an hour and a half. To get a donut at Blue Star Donuts, and they're still amazing. Donuts are pretty, pretty uh, universally good quality. I think. Yeah, it's hard to make a bad donut if you know what you're doing. But um, I could go on. I mean, we were there for eight days. So I could talk for, about it for a long time, but it was fun. Portland's a great city. I, I really enjoyed myself there. Uh, on to more slightly more. I don't know recommendations that are more of use to the general public. I have been playing Witcher Three. Uh, I think I'm 30 hours in at this point. How's your How's your Witcher beard going? It's full on. I got full on Witcher beard. Full I, I, on they, Witcher beard. They mandatory. They shave you about like right after you get out of like the the beginning area. Mm -hmm. You have to get shaved. But after that, I have gone unshaved. I am full on Witcher beard. I know that that was that was the the feature that that uh, that got my attention. It's the beard simulator. It shows uh, the attention to detail, doesn't it? It does. Uh, it's a very good game. It's That's what I'm hearing. I've heard nothing bad about it. It's incredibly... There, I mean, there are small problems with it. Mm -hmm. uh, they're nitpicky. Um, it's incredibly big. Bigger than Skyrim. Bigger than... I think bigger... Definitely bigger than Dragon Age Inquisition. It's a, just a gigantic... I spent tw like 20 hours in the beginning area, and then I go to the main area, and it's... Ten times as big. There's innumerable things you can go do. The writing and character stuff is top notch. It as as good as anything that Mass Effect ever did. And but it's more nuanced in the choices you make. Like it's an open world game. It is not like Mass Effect where you're like, hey, I did a good thing. Now I have good points. It's like it, it's just like very nuanced. Like deciding to do something and like. 10 hours later in your game, oh, that thing I decided ended up destroying a town, and I had no idea. Uh, it's impossible to tell things. It's a dark fantasy. It is grim and gritty. Everyone is shitty. You you are shitty. Everyone else is shitty. The world is shitty. Everyone's dead and dying and being hunted by monsters and being oppressed in the middle of war. It's uh, it it's very much like everyone is gray. There are no good guys and no bad guys. Like, you meet people who we think are going to be bad, and then you're like, wow, they're really interesting and nuanced, but they're still terrible. Like, they're a bad person, but they're very interesting. And there's just, there's a card game inside of the game that you can totally devote dozens of hours to. There's, it's so much. But the voice acting, the writing is some of the best I've ever experienced. It's very good. I'm 30 hours in. I don't know. I'm going to be playing. I don't know if I'm ever play this game again. Because it is very dark, but I'm gonna be playing it for a long time uh, before I beat it. I know that I'm because I barely, barely scratched at it, and I'm 30 hours in. 
still uh still sixty bucks, huh? I'm I feel no regrets. Yeah. I'm, no, I mean no problems there. Yeah. That's what a triple A uh, title. This is this this is the new hot one. Yep, and that's uh, I will be probably playing it until the new Batman comes out. Um or maybe after, even after Batman comes out until I'm done with it and then pick up Batman. Uh, other thing I want to talk about, which I am a little, I guess I'm late to the party because I, I was in my, on my honeymoon and everyone was going crazy over it. And I saw all yeah. those artists on, all those artists on Twitter, like all it, doing pictures of, uh, Furiosa of Charlie's Throne. It, it broke while we were away. It's fine. And I, I, I'm going to be even later to the party because I have still as of yet not seen it. I wanted uh, to many times, but yes. Mad Max Fury Road is what I'm talking about. What we're talking yeah. about. Of course you okay. are, because everyone is. Yeah, of course. Everyone is still, like, yeah, it's still pretty much, uh, it's still a hot topic. I, we went and saw it last night. It was still a pretty crowded theater for a couple mm-hmm. weeks out. And for an R-rated movie, it's, uh, crazy. It is full-on bananas for two hours. Like, non-stop. Like, just insane action, insane. It's, it's also, like, I don't know if everyone is understand, like, cause the first Mad Max is, you know, over 30 years old at this point. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if people understand how weird that world is. Like, and there's some really weird things in it that I don't know if the general public is aware of before they go see it. Uh, but I love the hell out of it. It's a better, I, it's great. Uh, Charlie's Throne and Tom Hart, all the act, acting's great, writing's great. It's insane action, insane, uh, like, uh, effects, like, but it's all real, like most of it. Most of it, is just cars crashing in crazy ways and people doing acrobatics and just insane nonsense and world building. It's just, there's so much. It's show, it's it show, don't tell. That is what it does. It does not, there's no, uh, no time when someone sits you down and tells you, it, hey, this is the, this is what's happening. It's just like, hey, here's craziness flying at you. It's really good. I want to kind of say it again. I'll have to watch it and Avengers. This, Still not seen anything. This is more. I, I, Everyone I would, says it's better than Avengers. It is better than Avengers too. Uh, Avengers two is so good. I would still recommend seeing that. But this is definitely need to see this. This is like it's probably the best action movie of the past decade. Um, at least it, it's it's up there. It's very very good. Witness me. Witness me. I don't know what that means. You will when you see the movie. Everyone out there who's seen the movie understands what I'm saying. You guys can have your little club. That's fine. Yep. Fury Road Club. Unfortunately, I can't draw Furiosa as well as anyone. The, dozen, the dozens of artists who've drawn Fur- Furiosa. She's really the, she's the main character. Mad Max is just like, he's just there. He's just hanging out. <laughs> and she's really great. She's very fascinating. Woo. So feeling good there. Yeah. Feeling good. Ready to talk about some ducks? Right, duck it up. Yeah. Ooh, I gotta pick up this giant thing. Ooh. Can take the books out. Oh, I was just looking at the covers, like the front and the, the slipcase thing. I was just mm-hmm. looking at that for a couple hours. That's all I did. Is that enough? Can I talk about that for no? You talk about whatever you want, buddy. You're you're President <laughs> One. I'm President A. <laughs> good. That's good. So yes, I think we've we've jabbered enough about I've jabbered enough about uh, Fury Road. Let us move on. To Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerd Boy Book Club is a bar show. Eric and I will assign a longer collected work and uh, read it and discuss it in depth like you would a book club. Uh, before we left for our uh, sabbatical, we had decided to read 
the first two volumes of the beautiful Don Rosa Library, mm-hmm. published by Fantagraphics, uh, titled The Son of the Sun and Return to Plain Awful, even though they contain many other stories as well. Yes. Um, we re- uh, go way back in the way back machine, episode three, mm-hmm. we read Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck, which is the magnum opus of, of Don Rosa's probably career, the thing that everyone he's most well known for of all his of all the duck stories. But uh, this is the first two volumes. I believe there's going to be ten of these, five of these big thing, five uh, two volume collections eventually out, which will have his entire career basically. Um, so this is just the beginning. Where do you want to start? It's a lot to cover. There is. I, I did you manage to read all the essays in here? I never could quite get around to finishing them in time. I, no, I read some of them. I, I, you know, I, I pick and choose. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's, but there's still like uh, we should mention that these also have like the life story of Don Rosa mm-hmm. broken up. So there's chapter in the first volume. There's the first part, and the second. I'm assuming it's going to continue. There's also a breakdown, like making of. Essays by Don Rosa about every single story in each of these. Oh, yeah. And entire collections of covers, rough drafts, covers of other stories that he didn't actually write or, or do the interiors. He just did a cover or just tons and tons and tons of content in these things. Beautifully put together. I, I do want to just like uh, unbelievable. Like Fantagraphics does a good job when they put these books together. Um, I did not read all the essays. I read some of them. There's a lot. There, there really is. I mean, not so much that I couldn't have, you know, another hour or two have read them all, but I, I did not quite manage to pull the trigger on getting all of them done. But wow. I mean, it's, it's, it's actually pretty impressive that, uh, Son of the Sun, mm-hmm. it's as on the nose as it is, and it's his first story that he ever did with these characters. Yeah. I've showed you my, uh, my signed copy of Son of the Sun, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 special. It's 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 pretty it's pretty dang good. He yeah. really beats himself up about his artwork. He does. I, which, that's what I was I was going to bring that up at some point. I think it's really strange because I mean it it, it it's certain he's not like um, he's he's not like he's not like a Stanley Lau or like a Leonardo da Vinci or something, but he's. I mean, there are a lot of pages in these that look very, very good. I mean, it's no slouch in the art department. No, not at all. It's it, it, it looks it looks it really good. Yeah, really. Like, not even just like I mean, his his cartooning is really strong, but not even like like the backgrounds are really full and oh yeah, and and full of character and it it. Well, it's interesting seeing like how so much of that is is predicated on how much he loves uh, uh, Carl Barks. Mm-hmm. He always said that he thought of all of the characters in these stories not as like funny animals, the way like Bugs Bunny. He walks around naked. He's a, he's a rabbit. He's an animal. You know, it's rabbit season. Mm-hmm. He just thought of all of these. They're people. You know, Scrooge is a person to him. He, he talked about how, like, if, if Donald Duck ever needed to, a feather to solve a problem, he wouldn't pick it out of his tail. He would go around looking for a bird and get a feather from a bird because he's a person. He's not a duck. That's or he's not a bird, mm-hmm. which I thought was really weird. That, but that he said he, that was all sort of the realistic backgrounds and the cartoony characters and 
it's interesting how stiff like the first couple stories are and he sort of comes into his own like if you compare like the original front cover mm-hmm. of son of the sun to the cover of this book son of the yeah. sun and how he redrew it after a couple of years getting more comfortable with the characters i mean he he says in here where he was basically going through and cutting up old comics looking for poses and and cataloging them and like well here's here's uh, angry standing and here's happy walking and here's this and here's this and just lifting stuff straight out of old stories and it kind of has that feel where the stuff that i think feels better is when he gets a lot more comfortable and i don't know it's it's interesting to see that evolution yeah it's 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 subtle but it's I I I've always liked his drawings, even yeah, the ones that don't feel that good. <laughs> I I mean that's I mean you kind of said it. The Son of the Sun is his first story mm-hmm. with these characters, and it doesn't feel like. I mean, no, it does not. If you just looked at it alone, you would go, "Oh, well, that's that's a good story. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, very full." And I I think we mentioned this when we read Life and Times, but the density of storytelling in this. Oh Lord, yeah, is like. <laughs> They tell so much story in such a little amount of time. Well, we're so not used to that. We're not we're used not. to this old style of storytelling. I mean, he's very steeped in this Karl Barks tradition. And, I mean, I, I don't know that I'll necessarily say that they're they're probably of a, you know, they're of that time period, him and uh, Eisner. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think you can directly compare one to the other. But they have that condensed storytelling where, you know, ten different things are happening on one page. You have to follow that in order to, I mean, it's just, it's packed. It's not three pages of a guy lighting a cigarette. You, you have to keep up. Yeah. And it's, it's great. It, it, it's what, it, as much as I like, like, beautiful cinematic comics, mm-hmm. this, you feel like you're getting your damn money's worth. I was going to say that same phrase. Oh, yeah. And this is, I, I would like to see more comics like this. You know, less less things really trying to milk a story and ideas and really just packing it in there. You know, plot twists and interesting dialogue and, you know, a little bit more density. I think it would be good. Yeah, it's, it's, and I, I don't know if that, I don't I, I don't know how much of that is just because of how in vogue, you know, the decompressed storytelling is mm-hmm. and how much of it is like purposeful creative decisions. Like people went purposely like, I'm going to, I want to stretch this out. So we're going to have three panels of someone just looking oh, at yeah. something. But it, it definitely, it slows you down and lets you admire that art mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think people talk about it. Like when there's just art on a page, people will look at it. Get the information it's delivering, the storytelling it's delivering, mm-hmm. and then move on. With this, yes. you because you're reading so much on this page, your eyes will are hitting this art many more times. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you, you're getting your money's worth. I and this is like, and I want to bring this up specifically. You bring out how hard he is about his art. Mm-hmm. His writing is really good, really well thought out, real smart, real oh, clever. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. I mean, good, good, strong jokes and gags, and it it takes a bad pun to make me groan. I groaned out loud at some of these puns. Oh my god, they're so bad. 
And go ahead. I was going to say, and even just how the stories are laid out, how the stories are told, Mm -hmm. they're all, they're, it's a very subtle touch about, it's not all, it's just a little bit of misdirection. Like, there's always a little bit of suspense. Like, these are, they're cartoon characters, obviously, so you're not necessarily, like, really thinking, oh, someone's gonna die. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, there's very much Looney Tunes physics going on here, but there's always a little bit of, like, suspense, and he uses the, like, very clever storytelling to do that. Like, even in Son of the Sun, like, how, you know, Scrooge ends up, ends up on top of the, of this, this temple, cause he crashes his plane into it. And, you know, all these, you know, these very subtle clips, like, they're, they don't seem, like it's, but it, they're often like just very simple things that really help the story just retain a little bit more of that edge, a little bit more of like the suspense and tension. Even if it is, even if it's very light tension, but it's, I think that's important. No, it clearly is. One of the things that stuck out to me is how, and I'll give him credit for it because obviously, like, I, I feel like, these stories without these like we probably we might not have ever had ducktales the cartoon mm-hmm. without him writing these stories there really aren't too many of them that are based on it but i think it i mean it's what made it valid no one would have thought about uncle scrooge as an action hero or an adventure an adventure story hero no mm-hmm. one would have thought about these donald duck characters no one would have looked back at these Carl Barks stories. I mean, basically, Flintheart Glomgold was barely a character. He was apparently in three Carl Barks stories when when Don decided to put him as the villain in Son of the Sun. And he's kind of repeated him and used him more often, and it's it's it sort of cemented him as more of a character and more of a villain, more of an important villain. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just think that it's so fascinating because these stories are are very, very good. And it's exactly the kind of comic book that even me, as a comics fan, if I didn't have the friends that I had had that showed me these and said, "No, just just borrow this, just download this, just read this," um, I would have completely never even looked at this, and would have never understood why these are as good as they are. Yeah, it it's. I don't know, like, they don't get, I don't often hear people, you don't hear people talk about them. You don't, and no. I, I mean, you don't see them at comic stores. I think that's part of the problem is that they're, like, this is a Fantagraphics very, you know, you know, fancy collection of this, but you don't, they're just started reprinting, I think, French duck comics. Mm-hmm. One of, one of, I think IDW, I forget, I forget which ones, um, I, Scrooge and Donald, I think. I'm not sure what we, they just started coming out, um, maybe even a month or two ago. And, um, but no, no one talks about them. And I would never, I had no idea about this at all until you said, we should read this. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck story. Uh, he, I mean, there is, in one of these, there's one, uh, DuckTales story in here, a very short one that he, he said, oh. the only DuckTales thing I've ever done. It's terrible comedy. too. I've read it. Yeah. I had read it before. I read it in this book, and it's. I, yeah, I mean, it's, it doesn't. It's it's, it's like it a six-page story. It's not. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a throwaway thing. Right. It it's fine. I basically have it in the same category as that unfinished story about them going to Disney World. Yeah, exactly. I I'm like, what this is that whatever. Someone asked him to do this, and I don't care. And it has Bubba Clubba in it, which I no thank you. 
That's what he said. If you yeah. read it, did you read what he thought about no. Bubba Clubba? I'm sure uh, he didn't care for Bubba Clubba. Bubba no, Clubba he, can, go, tell me. Tell me. He, no, he, he, yeah, that's about the, the end, the, the long and short of it is, uh, okay. he doesn't, he's not a fan. <laughs> he's, he doesn't, he, there's a lot of acrimony uh, on the internet about how he doesn't, how he hates DuckTales and everything. I, I, I think that's in, putting too much investment in Don Rosa. I don't think he thinks about it that often, honestly. I, I agree with you. Um, I think the relationship is about the same between Alan Moore and the Zack Snyder movie. Yeah, he goes, well, okay, it exists. I don't like it. That's yes. fine. I'm, I'm yes, past. exactly. Um, he, doesn't, he doesn't stay up all night thinking about it. Oh, god damn, Bubba Clubba. Damn it. But uh, I was really fascinated to learn that he actually worked on Tailspin. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, that he actually wrote and storyboarded two episodes of that, which is, uh, and he actually, he, you know, he, the only the reason he quit was because he just didn't have complete control. Mm-hmm. Like he wanted he wanted to do everything, and in comics he can. He did. Um, he he def he as much as I like the man, he strikes me as someone who does not play well with others. So no, I think, I'm not yeah. surprised. I think comics kind of attract that kind of personality. You know, going back to Mr. Alan Moore, he mm-hmm. can collaborate with an artist, but. You know, when all you have to do is collaborate with a couple of artists and then hand it off to a printer, it's a, it's a different thing. When you have to, uh, when you're doing a big television production or a movie or something like that, you have to collaborate with a lot of creative people, including the people that are bankrolling you. Mm-hmm. Hundreds it's, of people. It's, it's not always simple. No. Um, what was your of, of these two volumes? What was your favorite story? That is a super good question because there's a lot of really good ones. Yeah. I really do. I mean, Son of the Sun is, is excellent. And you know, something that I, I kind of want to throw out there mm-hmm. before I get off on that, because I will just forget about it again. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the things that you say you like about, you like about uh, Superman mm-hmm. is when he solves problems using his intelligence. Right. And when you get to that story where Scrooge, he, like, it's in the middle of the story, really. It's not like the resolution of it, but how he's basically beaten them all there, and he's already won. And they're like, well, we've got to do this, and we've got to do this. And it's like, no, I've already won. I did this. I won. So I win. <laughs> so that it, it just kind of gives me that same thing, that, that Scrooge, it, it always comes from that place of like internal like character right. and his intelligence. And... It's difficult to write that, and it's one of the things that makes Scrooge such a fascinating and great character. And he always, I mean, he repeats it all the time. Tougher than the toughies, smarter than the smarties, or sharper than the sharpies, or whatever he says. I think he's said all those things. But, I don't know. I think those stories, it's just, it's always interesting. There are a lot of, there's, go ahead. I was going to say that, you mentioned it already, but these they're not just like you know hey it's a cartoon these are like characters they have full on you know backstories and depth and we mm-hmm. i mean we don't we see that later in life of times but you see, you see it here uh, here and there you know flashbacks of scrooge and scrooge like going to like the the story about him wanting his sled mm-hmm. and you know the mystery of what's on the sled why does he want it so badly why is he you know he's waited decades for it and, and, you know, the, the, the big rush to get it. And it's just, you know, mementos. It's, and, I, and I think that's really interesting. That's like, really it, what his character is about because his yeah. whole money bin 
it's not money to him. It's all it's his memories. Right. And that's that's always been so important to his character. Yeah, that and that that uh, it's such an interesting like cuz him in particular as a hero, he's like it's it's you know, we I think it's the same thing kind of with Batman and Tony Stark where you have these billionaires are are upheld as the heroes of a story when in real life we seldom celebrate you know the super rich Mm -hmm. it's usually oh you know them being decadent and wasting money Mm -hmm. and i think that and it's really interesting the confluence of scrooge's character with nostalgia for a time when he wasn't rich and then it and it's like it adds so much depth that i don't think most people understand I, i i i like on that on that note I think uh, you asked me what my favorite story is, mm-hmm. and if I'm gonna if I'm gonna point the finger at one, and it's not like maybe the Son of the Sun or something, I think this is maybe a less obvious choice. But it's this one where he secedes, <laughs> so he can get his taxes back. Yeah, which is like when you talk about something that billionaires really would like to do. Mm-hmm. It's that they wanna they wanna haul off and go build Rapture. And feel like they don't need anyone, but it's it's like that fascinating uh, duality of his of his, uh, his personality that he's he is such a bastard, mm-hmm. you know, that he would do something like that, and the fallout would be terrible, and it would just do terrible things, and he's just like screw you, whatever, I don't care, and but at the same time, it ends on this note of him being really sentimental. And, you know, it reinforces the, you know, the value of, the, the value of his fortune beyond just the monetary value. It, it's, it's, it's a fun one. It's a, it's a silly story, but it's a hell of a good one. And he, he fights a guy with a sword. He does. Which, I, that's one of the things. I, I like, I like the stories where he gets to kick a little ass. I always, <laughs> I always, I always do. Like, I think probably one of my favorites from, from uh, uh, Life and Times is when he's on that riverboat, and they they basically just sort of they say, well, we don't really know what happened on that boat, but it shows like a piano flying out the window, and they're like, well, here's all this stuff that happened. We don't know what really happened. I, I don't know. It was pretty epic. He just was kicking everyone's ass. I really like the stories where Donald kicks shit out of that guy, and he's like, like. Just ruining his whole garden for no reason, other than being a complete <laughs> dick to him. Well, then he does launch a pumpkin literally through someone's through his house. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's pretty special. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of torn about which one I like more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think because there's a lot of them are really fun. They're all really interesting, and and the difference like com- tackling completely different things. Mm-hmm. Like they're, I mean. I think that's part of the problem. It's not, they're not always apples to apples, but I think the one with the the ray guns, the ray the, guns, the ray guns, where it the inertia and friction, yes, yes. Uh, guns, where they, they shoot the cash, so it's so frictionless that it flows like water. Mm-hmm. I I think that's very clever, like the science involved in that, and how like you go into his notes, he's like he broke down all the physics. Yeah. And it's like the sh- and there's even a little bit of that in the story. It's just really like how smart that is. He's how much- he's certainly that kind of person. There was a later story that he wrote. Oh, 
God, I can't even remember. But it was it was a weird science fictiony thing like that where a guy painted a suit of armor in some kind of universal solvent or something to where basically he could just like it would eat through anything. Did you ever read that one? Mm-mm. He's I don't know. He would just come up with wacky things like that. I, I can't say that that's necessarily one of my favorites. I think I like the ones with the uh, the more emotional core, and I like the ones that are steeped in history. Yeah, there's not very many. There's not like bad ones, mm-hmm. really. There, no, there are not. Even the even the throwaway stories, which there are, there are plenty of them that are thrown in here. Um, but they're uh, two or three pagers. There's not, you know, there's not a lot to them, but mm-hmm. they're they're just like fun little, you know, jokey off off. You know, get full of gags and stuff. It's it's you know, and the one with the mythological creatures too. I really <laughs> with Donald Donald making accidentally built creating you know myths out of barnyard animals. Who's the who is the uh, who were bot? Who I don't know if you anything. I don't know if you can answer this question. I'm gonna ask you anyway. Let's see what we can do. Do you do you know who the audience was when these were when these were being printed new? Whether they're like, kids who stories. They, who, who, yeah, who was buying them? I probably people just like Don. Okay. Uh, it would have had to have been fans of the original and Scandinavians. It, it's it's hard to say honestly. I, know, I mean, there's I, always I been it, there's a huge overseas following for these books. That's that's what I was gonna say. I'm like, I know that in Europe and in the I don't I know especially in Europe that mm-hmm. they're just bananas over all of this. Well, they love adventure comics. When you look yeah. at Asterix and you know God knows what else, Tintin. Mm-hmm. You know they're they're very big into adventure comics. You know that's that's their fantasy is people that are fairly ordinary and vulnerable going on crazy adventures. When ours is, I don't know, people becoming like beyond human, beyond ordinary. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm like because I was gonna say like as I'm reading this, I'm like they're very much perfect for children mm-hmm. like a, a a young reader is this is i there's i mean there's a there's some books coming out now that are are really great young reader books um a lot of them from boom but i, I mean it's strange that this it, like this is a collector format you know oversized hardcover gorgeous but i would not think hey this is for kids this is a kid's book but this would be great to hand to a kid. Most of these oh, stories absolutely. are are. I mean, they're engaging, and it's weird saying educational. Like mm. there's no, they're science. very educational. Uh, yes, science and history, real yeah. real history. Of course, if you tell a kid, you know, it has that a history they're story. Gonna... They're gonna they're gonna think Scrooge McDuck is a a real person, and that Teddy uh, <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt actually had a dog nose. But I, 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 I was not there, in the Rough Riders. <laughs> so he might, he very well may have. <laughs> oh no! Don't don't get me started on if you were there or not. That's not a good. That's not. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to tell you a quick aside, Eric. We'll see if it makes the final cut. Oh, okay. but I, I, you, you need to hear it. Uh, okay. In my Christian school science class. Oh goodness gracious! This is already starting off wonderful. That was what they had us say in mass back to the teacher about uh how old dinosaurs were yes were you there that that was their evidence to those uh, archaeologists and paleontologists were you there how do you know it's 65 million years ago were you there 
That's so stupid. It makes me want to vomit. <laughs> That's what I was taught. <laughs> oh, it's so sad. Um, Jesus fucks some kids up, doesn't he? <laughs> I would not be the man I am today. If it were not for Jesus fucking you up. Yep, it wouldn't be. I just wanted to, I had to say it as soon as you say I wasn't there. Uh, Thank you for sharing that. That explains so much. (laughs) It does. Um, I don't even know what, I don't know where to go. There's so many stories. There's a lot of stories. Like I was looking at this, I I literally thought, I'm like, wow, Son of the Sun, like the individual stories, it's pretty thick. But I'm like, did they, what, what, what is in this book? And I was expecting all of it to be Son of the Sun, and it was not. It's a zillion other stories. It's everything he's ever done in sequence. And that's fine. That I'm is okay fine. okay with that. I am too. Uh, it's... I really okay. I really think that Pixar needs to make an Uncle Scrooge movie. That, yeah. That, I, that... Would, I would love to see, or, you know, Disney, whatever. They're like the same thing now. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. No. But I would like to see, like, a period piece about Uncle Scrooge. You know, Do something in times. I, well, I know I would I would like to see that, but I think it would it would be that that's one of the things about this is because it has specific dates set to it, you know, because Scrooge made his fortune in the Alaskan gold rush mm-hmm. or made his first million. I should say he didn't make his fortune and he did all of these things before that, that it ties him like he would have to be. He would have been an old man in the 50s when the comics were coming out. And Don Rosa says, yeah, Scrooge is dead. <laughs> Scrooge would be dead now. There's no way he's alive. It's impossible. But he likes setting these stories in the 50s because he feels like he's traveling through time with them. He's sending stories to a, to a young version of himself, which I think is very odd. But Don's a, Don Rosa's an odd guy. Well, I still don't see why that's... You could just say, okay, just have it start off in the 50s mm-hmm. with Scrooge as an old man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, most people still are familiar with the character of Scrooge McDuck, mm-hmm. for the most part. Uh, and just yeah, be a frame story, like they do. Just have yeah. them tell, and you can have the nephews be listening or something. You know, oh, like yeah. you can have... Yeah, there's many ways to go about it. Uh, I do want to ask this. It's bouncing around in my head while I was reading this. Do you think... That there's, especially, I mean, they, it is a venture comic, so he travels around a lot. There's a lot of different, uh, cultures he visits. Do you feel any of this is culturally insensitive? Yeah, I mean, to an extent, but I, it, it's, it's hard for me to really feel too bad about it. It, it, I, I almost feel like that's the tradition of adventure comics, not necessarily that it should be. Mm-hmm. Like, when I think about, there's not so much of an example in these two books, you know, but when you think about the story about Bombi the zombie of like the Haitian, like witch doctor or whatever that created Bombi the zombie. And you think about the aboriginals in, uh, in Australia that he visits. And I mean, it's a little, there is the story about the people in the Nile, but it doesn't feel too insensitive. But I mean, I think just by nature of having to tell these stories, mm-hmm. and they, they just sort of are about an outsider visiting these places, so they're going to have a little taste of that. Right. A little, uh, it, it's impossible for you know a white European guy 
or a white American guy telling stories about these other cultures, it's impossible to tell that story from their perspective and to not have that sort of lens of... Imperialism? A little bit, you know, colonialism. Mm -hmm. uh, Or really, all I mean is sort of the other, Mm -hmm. you know? Because it's just sort of what adventure stories are. And maybe, maybe that's sort of just inherently flawed about it. And you can see that, I think we've talked about, we, we talked about many times, uh, Tom Strong is the first thing I think of, but Planetary as well. And a lot of these um, modern, quote-unquote, pulp adventure stories um, is that they have the benefit of these the, this culture tradition of a, typical adventure stories, and they use that as kind of a, a foundation to subvert off of. They, you know, have different... Like planetary off the top of my head, you know the the Tarzan story in Planetary, um, where they can subvert the colonialism, imperialism, you know, slash white guy visits a culture story, mm-hmm. but do it, you know, with a, in a less offensive, less in culturally insensitive way because they have that tradition to kind of bounce off of. When Don Rosa is, you know, clearly. You know, he speaks of his admiration for Karl Barks. Um, he, I mean, I, I, I would think, I, in my eyes, he surpasses Karl Barks, but, uh, he speaks of reverence of the man. And that is definitely, those adventure type stories are definitely rooted in that. Um, I, I don't feel anything in this story is that egregious. No. No. Um, but I, and, I guess it's, I, it's something to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I think, a lot of the creations, you know, Bombi the Zombie, it was a Barks creation, not a Don Rosa creation. So more the product of the 50s and the the old white guy mentality. I mean, I mean, what are you going to do? People are a product of their time. We are as much as they are. We're the product of what we perceive as a slightly more enlightened time. The history will tell on that. Um, on, on that note, and that this is what I was thinking about saying, um, that I think a lot of this sort of problematic stuff, and we talked about this with Asterix, about how Derzo, like they make fun of all these other cultures. Like he makes fun of the Spanish and he makes fun of the Britons. And to us, that looks really bad and insensitive because we're used to racism being all about well i am this person of privilege and i'm going to make fun of and oppress this person that lacks my privilege when in europe it's a little bit different because this is just all these cultures jumbled up together it's it's kind of it's kind of almost like making fun of someone from west virginia or doing a, a fake New York accent, mm-hmm. you know, which I think we tried to do in this very episode, which we would do that and not bat an eye, but we have these labels in our heads. Oh, that's, that's this person's culture and it's, it's sacred and you can't do these things. But I think maybe it's a little bit different when it's your neighbor and they have their own government and their own culture is within the walls of their own little, their own, their own, place their own world it's a little bit different when they're like you know 
the sons and daughters of second generation immigrants and they have nothing and you know the things that you say actually can cause a lot of damage to them so i think we as a like it, that sort of sensitivity strikes me as it may be an american thing i don't know that i don't know if europeans really think of it that much and we're probably as scary as it is we're probably better at, at holding ourselves accountable to that than anyone is doesn't even register for most people. Just the tr- the tradition and the history is so different. Yeah, it's 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 a very complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not always as cut and dry as people make no. it out to be. Uh, I, I particularly I I just bring it up because I think it it came to mind as I was reading some of these stories, even though none of them are. No, I didn't really find any of them. I, I, it, it depends on I guess uh, your point of view, which is you know a lot of the times the case anyway. Where some one person finds something offensive, the other person doesn't. Um, yes, but uh, I, I don't really foresee it being. Um, I, you know, I see Don Rosa working inside of her inside of a tradition. He's f- fairly educating, and ed- I mean, even in the notes, talks about educating himself on a lot of this. You know, all all, all the culture, and it does teach. Like uh, you talk about the uh, the the crocodile, the Nile, when they're they're mm-hmm. looking for a sacred crocodile. He talks about how, like, that was a very exciting for him because he actually had to do all that research and find all that oh, yeah. stuff. And, you know, that is, it's fairly educational and fairly honest about that culture and just shows them as when you're, I mean, Indiana Jones, what is that? Is that culturally insensitive? Yes. People, yes. And people talk about that with reverence. And it is. It, it really is. It, particularly when you talk about the, uh, the second movie, which Tem- is my Tem- favorite in, yeah, Temple of Doom, yeah. my favorite Indiana Jones movie, easily the most racist. That is not, people that, Kali is a thing, and they don't, I mean, m- maybe there's some history of some Kali worshippers doing some things that are a little bit off the rails, but that is not what India is like. <laughs> it's really racist. It's super racist. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, and that I like, and that's in this, and like you said, it's, it's like trappings of the genre, mm. and this actually goes off pretty easy. Although we we can revisit it, you know, mm-hmm. whenever I I I'm I'm foreseeing in our future the looking at volumes three and four at at some point, but uh, I wouldn't hate it. It's coming. I think they are, they come out in October. I want to say I think they're mm. doing one a year. They're doing one of these big things a year for until they're until they're all done. Um. We've been chatting for quite a while. We have. We have been. Uh, who would you recommend this to, Eric? <sighs> if they weren't such big, expensive books, I mean, I would even get. Um, I would if I had kids, I'd let them read them. I would let my my family's kids read them. Uh, but I mean, they're great for kids and adults. Um, in a you know the way a, a a Disney movie really should be. Yeah. You know, a Disney property really should be. So I think. It definitely works on that level. And I think, you know, for people right around our age, if you ever enjoyed DuckTales as a kid, mm-hmm. it's a fantastic cartoon. And this is, you know, this is, this is better in some ways. It, it, uh, it's still kid friendly, but it's not as cuddly, you know, it, it's, it's not as, um, it, it's a little ridiculous. The, uh, you know, DuckTales is. This one feels more grounded and more real, but still manages to not be like ridiculous and gritty. 
Yeah. But it's, it's not about it's not about, you know, an ice cream shipment. It's, it is it is good times. There's a lot of uh, like milkshakes in this though and ice cream sodas. There really are. Donald loves Ma- his ice cream soda. Makes me want one. I had one in Portland. That was very of, good. Of actually, course you I, did. I, I had two, actually. <laughs> I think about it. Jesus Christ. I had two different ones. Uh, okay, folks. So that was Volumes 1 and 2. Some of the Sun Return to Plain Awful. Uh, the Don Rosa Library. Uh, it's a beautiful. It's available in a beautiful hardcover from Fanagraphics. Um, when I and I emphasize it is it's quite a piece of work they put together. They really it really it. is. I I I took my copies various places uh, the past couple of days, going off and reading them, and people w- would stop and ask me about them. And I've gotten into several conversations about these books, and they're like, "Those books are really beautiful. <laughs> I can't believe this exists. They I mean, they really are remarkably well put together." To where it's almost that's probably the the biggest detractor is it's very tough to get these uh, without resorting to piracy, mm-hmm. and you don't want children to get their little booger and chocolate hands all over these things. Just buy two copies. Buy the yes. buy the one that you keep on a bookshelf and one you let the little booger hands touch. Yeah, you get it laminated to where you can just like spray it, <laughs> and water just drips right off of it. And let the kids play read that one. They can't rip the pages out either. It'll just be covered in, in plastic. Uh, but next week, returning to our regular schedule, we are doing Planet Hulk. Uh, Greg Pak. Trying to think, was there was it John Romita did that one too? No, Drew Planet Hulk. I don't think so. It was like a lot of different artists. Yeah, it was several. Let's see. It moved around a little bit. It's very good looking though. So yeah, next week Planet Hulk, guys. Uh, with that, I think we can call it a day. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Find us on iTunes, of course, uh, or anywhere you can find podcasts. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe to us, uh, wherever you do that. Uh, really helps us out, really gets us new listeners. We obviously appreciate it. Uh, you can find me, uh, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hour on Twitter at HBC Hour. Uh, and you can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me online on Twitter at MixMasterSerial. It's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-E-R-C-E-R-E-A-L. Eric, where can they find you online? Well, you can see my portfolio by going to FreeWillUnlimited.com and see all the other things I get up to online by going to EricZGoodnight.com. And you can tweet at me at MrBadExample, spelled M-R, bad example. And with that, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll. <laughs>